The car you drive every day should be fun. But it has to do the boring stuff too, like commute, be affordable, and haul your groceries. You can have both, and we'll help you find it. I'm Todd. I'm Paul. And this is the Everyday Driver Car Debate. Hey, look, so we're back. Uh, first off, hey, this is Todd here. I need to apologize because I was on vacation last week with my wife, who was shocked I was going to do a podcast in the middle of our vacation. <laughs> uh, but she was very tolerant. And then I had uh, technology issues, and it failed to work anyway, at which point she kind of smiled. Maybe that was her plan all along. But we, I, still, I had a wonderful <laughs> vacation, but I did not get to do a podcast and join you guys. However, you may have heard we were on the Smoking Tire podcast. It was a pretty good episode. I will acknowledge... They are not a family-friendly show. Uh, yes. But it was a fun episode, so don't listen to it with your kids, but maybe listen to it otherwise. Um, and, uh, yeah, but we're back to our normal uh, two times a week schedule. Man, our next few weeks are crazy. Yeah, they are. And uh, I will say a well-deserved vacation for you. I'm so glad you had the time off. And uh, it feels like a long time since we've talked to everybody here. I mean, we're, we've gone a yeah. full week without talking. It feels like I, I, I miss you guys already. All right, that's enough of that. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, uh, it's great to be back. It's just it's fun to uh, share a lot of stuff. And as Todd said, we've got super busy weeks. Uh, well, not just two weeks, but gosh, uh, a couple months here that we're getting ready for. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And uh, a bunch of stuff to start off, uh, but we do have a couple car debates uh, to mm -hmm. entertain you with. Uh, back to the talking. Hopefully, yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. In case thought, you haven't heard talking, we're here to talk. I thought of this before we start. I thought, ah, uh, now we're ready to talk. All right. We've got uh, Pete down in San Diego. He is approaching the end of his lease on his Fiat 500e, the electric one, mm -hmm. and also the car that FCA has told everybody not to buy because they lose so much money on them. Anyway, he owns one, and he's ready to get out of it. And then we have Chris in Atlanta, Georgia. He is shopping for his girlfriend. The story here is she is coming into some money shortly, and she's looking mm -hmm. for a fun car. She's getting out of a Honda Fit. We like the Fit, but it currently doesn't fit, and so she needs something else to fit. Honda Fit jokes, ladies and gentlemen. There they are. I had to do it. All right, yes. Uh, okay, yeah. <laughs> All right. All but right. I actually get the impression by reading this, because they talk about having a couple of dogs, and they will stay in the Fit. So I get the impression she's keeping it, and this is going to be a fun car with extra money, which is even more exciting. I look forward That's to getting true. into that. That's true. But as we talk about the madness going on in our lives, I want you to catch everybody up in just a second with uh, the stuff going on with your Jeep. And we have some kind of enthusiast uh, uh, news to discuss. But you realize that, that we're recording this on a Monday night for Tuesday. You realize that two weeks from tonight, we will be finishing our track day in Chicago. Oh, my gosh. And we're doing a live That's podcast, everybody. Is. We are going to yes, be we are. Yes, with, we are. with the audience, with anybody who feels like they can stay after the track day. And so bring your A game because you're going to have to throw out some suggestions, too. I mean, we've we've got to... Bring the noise, but you're going to have to throw in your suggestions too. So, so you're just that. you're just you're just making up how this podcast goes down. Now I'm terrified. Okay, yeah, but <laughs> that'll just, be good. It will be good. It's like we're going to be we're going to be on track. We're going to be meeting a lot of you, which will be cool. Uh, hopefully, many of you guys are going to get on track. Actually, speaking of that, this Thursday's podcast. Well, we'll record it Thursday. You'll hear it Friday. Uh, we're actually having Sean from Laps Incorporated. He's our partner with uh, this track day. He's going to join us on Thursday to record for the Friday release and and answer some of the questions. You guys have actually listed some really good questions about exactly how is the day run we can guess but we figured let's not guess we'll put sean on here and just talk you through how right. the day is going to go down because he's got it all set up so that's going to be great he'll join us and clarify a lot of that 
yeah, he's going to be very helpful, and uh, we will post for questions on that later this week, and uh, we'll have him go ahead and ask answer those questions. And uh, that'll, yeah, help us figure out how to run the day and a and, uh, little bit more information for everybody listening and everybody coming. So yep. if we haven't invited you already, please come. Chicago Track Day, two weeks from now. Uh, it'll be over two weeks from now. You know that? I know. We will be done. We will be done with the track day, off the track, probably lying in a corner somewhere exhausted by this point. So, yes. Wow. Uh, yeah. But uh, and, and if you aren't even on track and you, and you want to come out for the day, come out for the day for the cars and coffee part. Just come out and say hello and hang out with people. Let's get that, Even that part's going to be a lot of fun. So we're yeah, looking forward to it. And we are also actually officially not kidding this time. It's actually happening. We're headed back to the ring and to spa. We're taking a few of you with us, which is awesome. There are spaces still left. I will acknowledge the price is going up this week, so this is kind of your last chance to get in before the price is kind of required to bump up based on uh, certain targets we had to hit with people we're reserving things with. More than you wanted to know, but the point is there is still space for you to come. We would love to have you. We can take as many as 12. We are going. Those that are going are already booking plane tickets and are very excited, as are we. So, uh, it, yeah, and that happens into September. So we got track day end of August. How, what, who planned this? <laughs> track day end of August and then uh, end of September we're going. Could, couldn't we have spaced these out better? You know, this is probably my terrible idea, honestly. But anyway. Earlier in the year, we're looking at the calendar going, yeah, this is going to be great. And then it finally <laughs> hits and we're going, oh, no. What did we do? Yeah, exactly. Because we we're still doing ourselves? we're still doing videos. I mean that big uh, that big yeah. RS shoot with uh, the three competitors. Hopefully that is out uh, right around the time of the Chicago Track Day. Either it'll be either the Thursday before or the Thursday after. So that's actually what I'm editing on right now. Footage on that is really cool. We've got more coming from Tom. We've got uh, the GTS M2 film. All of these are dropping in the midst of all of this other stuff. <laughs> so clearly it's good I went on vacation already because it is now officially back on. Yeah, I was gonna say. In other words, vacation ended. Vacation over. Yep. Back to work. All right. Well, I want to uh, update everybody with a little bit of information about my Jeep Grand Cherokee. This is the 2015 Jeep Grand Cherokee that I bought brand new. And Mm -hmm. it's been our production car around Utah. It's the ski car. It's the kind of – it's the mountain biking car now. Uh, I've got a rack on the back. And it's the bomb around car, you know, just four-wheel drive, the go-to kind of thing. And well, I mean, you've had it about 18 months, right? 18 months. It's got uh, 19,000 miles from new. Okay. okay. And it's yeah. been good. Mostly. <laughs> Mostly, yeah. Until recently, when two mm-hmm. or three weeks ago, I started the car, and the analog controls that live below the nav screen just yeah. decided to stop working. I thought... All the, all the HVAC controls. Your heating, yeah. your cooling, your fan, right? All those things. Yep. Uh, the... the uh, uh, you could, the button to turn off the rear parking sensor. I mean, all the little functions and all that stuff. And I think, well, that's weird. So I shut the car off. Mm-hmm. Think, okay, maybe it's just it hiccuped and it coughed and it needs a reset. Yeah, yeah. Turn it back on, nothing. And it's been like that ever since. Mm. And so I took it to the, to the dealer down in uh, in Salt Lake. And they couldn't get that thing to boot. And they said, well... We're going to have to put a new module in for you. So they had to order it. It's still on order currently as we speak. Man. And so I'm driving around with controls that are off. They, they just don't work. Fortunately, I can control a lot of them from the screen. There's redundant controls. Yeah, they're, they're duplicated, yeah. now yeah. I know why. <laughs> I mean, at first I <laughs> well, thought, I mean, why are there both ways of controlling this? Okay, yeah. I get it now. Well, essentially, all of the actual buttons that are left on your dash are now not working. Yeah, exactly. You know, I mean... You, 
Well, you and I talk about yeah, actually. Yeah. You and I talk. You and I talk about liking liking buttons that actually do things, and n- not wanting all the things on the screen. Here you have some duplicates where you actually have some buttons, but just kidding, buttons aren't working. It's it's. I'm I'm shocked that this has happened in in 18 months worth of car ownership. Honestly, it just it just stopped working. The car's been lightly driven. It hasn't been abused. We've driven it, and that's mm-hmm. all you yeah, do. Yeah. So I think, okay, you know, every car has its thing. Every manufacturer has their thing. But this is just because the screen went out before, the nav screen, a few months ago. That had to be yeah. replaced. Yeah, the and, whole whole unit. Yeah, I remember you telling us. And then so the transmission. I decided to get the transmission update, which is the oh, worldwide yeah, yeah. recall on all these Jeep mm-hmm. Grand Cherokee transmissions because of the toggle mm-hmm. shifter. I personally really like it. I have no trouble with it. I think it's fresh and modern. Audi does it. There's a number of other car manufacturers that do it. It's the shifter that returns to its position after you make a selection. So it's more of a toggle rather than a lever that moves its position. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so obviously you've read in the the, uh, news about actually death that has occurred. and Yeah, the actor's death. Yeah, all that kind of stuff. Family suing FCA. I will acknowledge... I know, I know. I will acknowledge that as somebody that doesn't drive your car every day, whenever I get an FCA products with that, and I'm including like the the Dodge uh, Dodge products uh, and other things, I mean, I have to sit and look at the shifter and be like, yeah, okay, yeah, I got that right. Uh, right. I know you've gotten used to it, but I mean, that's the thing. You can get used to it, but clearly they're they're trying to make it so it's foolproof. Keep, keep going. What, what did they do? Well, the this recall is nothing mechanical. It's an entirely a software update. And so they have set up at the dealership nine computers to plug cars in and reprogram Hmm. the transmission. The thing is, it takes two and a half hours to reprogram the entire transmission to now auto park. What? If it's left in neutral or left alone for more than five seconds. And I think, okay, they've kind Hmm. of solved it with, uh, with electronics, which is great. It just so clicks. It's a software the, patch. It's a software patch. Exactly. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. And it just clicks the uh, the the um, park. You know, the shift pin into park yeah. when it feels like it's been left alone. Mm-hmm. Okay. So two you know, and a half hours, though. <laughs> yeah, I have to leave how, the car. How are you? How long? Why does it take that long to update code? Honestly, that that shocks me. I. You got me. Maybe it's bouncing off the satellite over. I don't know where. It's <laughs> Antarctica, and then it's got to relay that information back from somewhere, the coders. It's, who it's, it's the James Bond film where we routed it through four countries, so you can't tell where it's coming from, but your Jeep is fixed. I just So the transmission is fixed. It's been fine. still works normally. I'm still quite used to it. I, I think it's great, actually. It feels modern and interesting and new, and every new Audi has this, and I'm not bothered by it, but most people are... I can see them sitting but there. You're like, the exception. What's what's this weird thing? It doesn't want to move. I, hey, I'll I'll move, be the curmudgeon in that regard. You know, in that regard. Just, I mean, I, yeah, it takes learn. me a minute to just get it right. Yeah. Look at the thing and learn. And uh, anyway, I know. I but know. Maybe, but maybe you, you know, have to live the, with it. You know, and and that's understandable. Well, you don't I, drive it every day. But so. I hate to say it. This tragedy, of this actor's death, is you know, here's a guy who owned the car, but you know, definitely moving quickly. It, it isn't mm-hmm. as intuitive as it could be, and and obviously. You know, FCA has got to do something. They have to have a response to other than just, well, it's modern. You should have learned the car. Talk about getting sued into oblivion. You can't give that answer. But That's you know what? Actually, I'm not I just on the marketing noticed... team. They didn't call me. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Good news. Paul is not working on the marketing team. But, but, but you know what actually struck me? I laughed about this because all this is going on. 
And you and I just saw the recent Jason Bourne film, and there's a massive <laughs> yeah. car chase at the end. You knew I was going to go. I knew you massive were. car chase at the end, where where Jason Bourne, Matt Damon is driving the uh, the Dodge Charger, and he's hooning it around Las Vegas and making it survive things it would never survive. But there is one moment in the, in the car chase. And, and the, edit, the editor in me thought this was inexplicable unless somebody from Chrysler said, well, we'll give you a car if you'll do this for us. Because there's a moment <laughs> when the car gets spun and they cut to close-up of somebody using the shifter that people get confused by to instantly slam it into reverse. And then later, he instantly shifts it, another quick close-up, quick cut, instantly shifting it back to drive. <laughs> I, I, it was almost like it was a marketing brief of you can have the charger in the film if you'll show people how awesome that shifter is. Totally. And now watching with all that's going on, I just thought, wow, that's an interesting uh, conversation. But, I, I mean, maybe I'm weird, but I absolutely noticed that and thought, hmm, that's a little odd knowing what's going on currently. <laughs> but there it is. I was thinking that he hadn't had his, you know, his recall performed at the dealer yet, even though he stole the yeah. charger and was driving around. I thought... Hey, he must not have updated his charger yet because uh, exactly. he's, you know, doing his thing with the transmission. And, I mean, <laughs> the, the way he balled that car up into a heap of scrap metal, the, the tra- transmission is a moot point, but oh well. It was the least of his worries. You're right, yeah. He, he, park, he parked it eventually but had nothing to do with the transmission. Yeah, I take exactly. your point. So, so where, oh, so where are it. you on this? Exactly. Where are you on this Jeep? I mean – you know, I know that, that you really had great aspirations for it, and it's been kind of nostalgic for you to own another one. Are you happy? Are you unhappy? Are you undecided? I mean, these are the kind of things that can just really just pick at an owner. I understand it because yeah. it's a new car. Yeah, I, I'm a bit mixed right now. I'm waiting for them to fix it and then kind of make my decision. But to be mm-hmm. honest, it kind of picked at me, and I thought, ah, man, I'm over this thing. Yeah. I just yeah. – it kind of made me want to get rid of it. I, I hate to say it. I just – maybe I'm not – you know, in it for the long haul, but I thought I was. I thought, brand new truck, it's a 2015, I'm going to be super thrilled with it, it's going to be so useful, yeah. and it's just going to work because, you know, FCA, we've got because our stuff together, yeah. we're past the government bailout years ago, and we're we're on it now. And yeah, yeah, just stuff stops working. And I asked the dealer, I said, Has, is this common? Have you seen other Jeeps fail? He said, no. So I'm thinking, yeah. Awesome. It's just me. But, well, but, and you've had the weird one-two punch of the touchscreen now followed by the buttons underneath. And and I will vouch for you. First off, anybody listening to the podcast for five minutes has heard about the fact that you take fantastic care of your cars. I try. But I know in general it's not like you have beat on the nav screen or beat on the center console. You're very careful with this stuff. So mm-hmm. it's it's not like there's any kind of hardware and tear happening. And, but yet both of these have gone awry, which is really strange. Uh, I mean, you and I have joked about the fact that if your car gets built on the wrong day of the week, sometimes it can end up being a problem. So who knows what day of the week your Jeep was, was built on. But, yeah, Seriously. I mean, I'm really hoping they get this fixed and uh, and you keep driving it for a while because it is really cool. Every time I ride in it, I just think, you know, great power, good ride, nice seats. I mean, it's it's been a great truck for us, but uh, yeah. that is frustrating. I can it's totally just, hear that. I'm frustrated. I'm just sort mm-hmm. of like, all I right, I, I guess I'll stick it out for a little while. But I got to say, if something else major happens, I mean, I don't know what I'll do. I just don't know. Yeah, I, yeah, it is one of those things where it's almost a three strikes you're out rule. If you had another big one go down, I think you would. It, I would almost have to talk you into keeping it. Not that I necessarily would do that, but I think yeah. you'd be like, okay, and we're done. Yeah. Because yeah, I mean, it's eighteen months. It's about a thousand miles a month. This is hardly beat on, but yeah, it's I take your point. Hardly, point. yeah. Anyway, all right. What other news well, do we have here? Of, uh, 
Well, actually, I wanted to talk about that. You brought this up, but I, I think it's interesting to discuss. Our old friend, the Hyundai Genesis Coupe, is going away. 2016 is the last model year for a while. They're talking about some new Hyundai car or possibly a Hyundai Genesis Coupe that will be higher end, that will end up in the new Genesis lineup, and maybe there'll be a new Coupe in the future, and they're talking about 2020. But ultimately, this Genesis Coupe is going away. And if you've watched for a while, you've seen that we originally put that with actually the 2-liter turbo we put with the FRS when the FRS was released. Uh, and it is, you know, it's it's an alternative car. You know, you, you didn't get a 370. You didn't get a Infiniti G37. You didn't get an FRS. You got a, you got a Genesis Coupe. I'm not saying it's a, it's a lesser than. It just has different strengths. But it is going away. And that's mm-hmm. an interesting part for other stuff that Hyundai's talking about. Yeah, I've read a little bit more on this. And that is it's uh, maybe a reintroduction come 2020, something like that. I just can't imagine they would kill that recipe because maybe they're holding back and they're revamping things and rethinking platforms and you know the reintroduction will be a big splash and it'll be even better than before and that's I guess kind of what I hope but for now that's well, that's four model yeah. years of of you know desert from Hyundai and but they're but they're nothing. shooting big I mean they're doing their big Lexus moment by by pushing out the the Genesis brand whatever that's going to be and so they've got to take that coupe and make it into something nicer and it'll be let's be honest it'll be closer to what its original kind of looks target was and that is that Infinity you know that Infinity uh, coupe that's now what the Q60 I I still don't know what Infinity calls any of their cars but uh, the the what used to be the G37 coupe that is now the Q60 I think so it'll aim more for that it'll aim for the Lexus RC it'll be you know higher end theoretically because that's what it would compete with it was always weird though the coupe versus the sedan because the sedan was aiming at Lexus Mm-hmm. And the Genesis Coupe was aiming kind of at the FRS uh, Infinity Z car of the world, which are two very different animals. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, but it was always a good value for money, though. It was never a, a, like a full-on hardcore from the factory car, but it was a good value for money if you weren't tracking. I mean, we've we've driven that car in all kinds of variations. We always liked it, but it never wowed us. Yeah, yeah, it was never. Uh... I guess in the category of, you know, some of the hot hatches we've driven that are just, wow, this thing is amazing. You've got to try this out. You know, it was never really quite in that category. It was good, but then we thought, all right, we've driven other cars that are good as well or slightly better, Mm -hmm. and what's the compelling event here to go buy the Genesis Coupe over something else? Price, warranty, yes, but... Yes, and, and, you you know, know, I mean... We, I'm recovering ground we covered on video, but I mean that, the big comparison to it with the FRS is just the fact that yes, it's got more power, not hard to do compared to the FRS, and it has a nicer, slightly larger interior. If those are factors that you want, well, there you go. But it isn't as good dynamically. What what is interesting in this side note that's also going on? So while they kill the coupe, and they're going to go more Lexus with the Genesis brand. A few of you have actually asked about this, but you and I have talked about it a little bit, Paul. But now Hyundai is talking about doing an in-performance line. So it'll be, and that is in as in Nancy, not M as in Michael. M is for BMW. N apparently is for Infinity. They're going to do a performance brand, a performance line under the letter N. It's because they're going to be powered by two-stroke engines. They're going to shove little, they're going to shove bike engines in there? Sure, why not? All right, terrible joke. Um, <laughs> a few of you, a few of you have asked about this, and the truth is, I don't have anything to say on it yet. 
Give me a car. Yeah. Give me a car with this performance lineup, and I'll have a commentary. But right now, it's a it's a marketing brief. It's a news item. It's a, have you heard the engine? I don't care. I want to drive the car. Yeah, yeah. From what we understand, it's going to be aimed at the European market to begin with, but then expanded. We certainly hope this becomes the next Mazda Speed because that's gone away. And yeah. Hyundai deserves this, I feel like. They are loaded with talent, especially in the design department. By the way, mm-hmm. they have captured Luke Donkervolk, who you might know as the designer of the Lamborghini Aventador, who then went mm-hmm. to Bentley and is now at Hyundai in charge of the Genesis brand. And they also Fascinating have, lineup, isn't it? Yes, they also have Sang-Yup Lee, who designed the Camaro Refresh. They are loaded with talent, and they are very serious yeah. about making a splash. And so it makes me very happy mm-hmm. and excited to see they've got this end performance division, and they've got other models coming out and other variants. But yes, give us a car. We need to drive the car. Well, and, you know, the thing, the thing about their, their sporty intentions, the Genesis Coupe is a great example. I actually really liked that, I think it's a 3.8 liter V6 they have in there. I actually liked that V6 quite a bit. Uh, the the thing about the the Genesis though, uh, well the Hyundai brand in general, I feel like their their drivetrains and their steering weren't quite where they needed to be to be performance uh, competitors yet. They're close, but not quite. So I hope that they, I mean, this in performance line, what's that going to be? I hope that it is, you know, coming out swinging and great. But I, you know, right now it's a, we're going to do this. I, I want to drive it, and then we can have a conversation about how did they do. Yep, yep. I think they're serious. They've got that development center at the Nurburgring, one of our favorite For sure. places. So I, I yeah, believe yeah, they're yeah. serious, and I believe they're going to bring Definitely. something different. I mean, maybe they reintroduce this Genesis Coupe, and it's going to be completely revamped and a completely different you know, way of thinking about it. That could be really awesome, actually. That could be mm-hmm. good for the enthusiasts of the world because of their price point, to be honest. Well, I mean, I hope they. I hope what as that Genesis Coupe dies. We've talked about this a lot longer than I expected us to. I hope as that Genesis Coupe dies, it kind of becomes two cars. Mm-hmm. One is a little bit nicer for the Genesis brand, right. and one is a little bit more small and hardcore and focused to compete directly against the Miatas and the FRS of the world for the Hyundai brand. That would be great if they did both of those. I think it makes some sense. I feel like that Genesis Coupe, as it existed, was stuck in the middle between those two worlds. So hopefully they can find a place for both. But uh, hey, you know we beat that to death. So there that is. I'll call Luke and tell him you know what you're what you're looking yeah, for. Get right on that. And um, certainly, I'm sure he'll jump right to it. I, he's I mean, he's very concerned about <laughs> what this weird long haired guy thinks. It's 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 absolutely keeping him up. But no, it's not actually. He's he's asleep. Fine. He's already asleep. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we should do a car debate. We have Pete in San Diego writing to us. Uh, this is the guy that is leasing a Fiat 500e. So yes, the electric one. And uh, he's looking around for something more fun. The 500E's been okay. Uh, he even put, you even put some summer-rated tires on it to help you. Congrats on that, by the way. That was a good call. Yeah. Uh, before that, you had a Focus ST. And before that, an Acura TSX. So what do you have here? What is it, Thirty-five grand. you are looking for something more fun. So the story is, Pete is uh, late 20s. He sent in all these stats. So funny. Late 20s, 5'10". He's got a Jack Russell Terrier. And he's a drummer. And I like how you talk to me in terms of Rush, Pete, because uh, he says here, I'm no Neil Peart, either tailor or kit size. I mean, well, nobody is on the planet. And uh, I'm guessing you have one of those electronic drum sets maybe because you have a 500E. Maybe not. But uh, the uh, Or really good packing skills. <laughs> yeah, he it's is like, a Tetris, it's like Tetris master. In the back. It's like Tetris in the back of that 500, <laughs> exactly. isn't it? Yeah, it's awesome. Exactly. Don't ever challenge him to a game of Tetris. He'll lose 
terribly. Um, all right, so down in San Diego, and uh, a bit of irony here, he is a professional urban transportation planner, which means he <laughs> probably should be bicycling, walking, or doing anything but, but the 500E is, I, I see where you went, but you yeah. used to own this Focus ST. So, mm -hmm. you know, you've already owned the enthusiast thing, and it's funny enough, you've gotten away with it to kind of satisfy, I suppose, your conscience, maybe? When, there's a bit of a there's a bit of a perception problem. I mean, perception. You, you, yeah. he he even says here, he even says here at the end, he's got kind of a throw caution to the wind moment where he's like, I do actually really like the Charger RT. I mean, there's a there's a part of our poor friend Pete here who just wants to show up in something that is burning as much oil as possible but isn't it a riot. And yet he's an urban planner working on everything but the car and going, "Yeah, I really ought to be a little worried about that." Which gives us quite a push pull here. I, I think that's an interesting interesting struggle, honestly. You know you want to commute in a Hellcat. I mean, you know deep down you want to do that. But, you know, that's just not not practical, not going to happen. Uh, I like your choices here, Pete, that you sent in because, uh, again, we've we've talked about the ST endlessly and you had one. But mm -hmm. you're, you're sniffing back around the GTI. You've brought up the BMW 330e, which is yeah. – yeah. Which is interesting. It's very, very niche. It's very yeah, yeah. I'm struggling with that one. It's it's an interesting choice, uh, and then uh, something hatchy, hot hatchy. Yeah, I mean, what's what's happened here is that you're struggling with. You want to have a car that's more fun. You had that in the Focus ST, but the problem with the Focus ST was you never got the gas mileage you hoped for. Uh, Pete, I'm gonna let you in a little secret. <clears throat> This is just a, just a little secret. Uh, all of these little four cylinders we're going with that are turboed within an inch of their capacity, the, 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 the bait and switch here is it's going to get great gas mileage. It is if you idle it. If you drive it like you want to get power out of it, it now gets the gas mileage of if it had a larger engine. This is the great bait and switch going on in current cars. You're like, oh, it's going to get great gas mileage if you barely breathe on the pedal because the engine's tiny. You get it into boost. You drive it like we want to drive it. You may as well have a V6 or a V8 because you're burning gas just as fast. So welcome to the conundrum. Um, but you, you have kind of reconnected with the idea of a GTI. And you've gone, okay, that actually does get better gas mileage than the Focus ST when it's hooned, which... Yes, you're right. So you're wondering, is that the the answer? And yeah, this 330e, and uh, you're you're just you're all over the place trying to figure out how do I make make these worlds merge. I have a couple ideas I thought of, but I also think I have the car for people. Oh, you do. You're calling your shot. I think so. I think so. I guess it was uh, not having a commute makes it hard for me to really think in terms of saving fuel. Because the things that take priority in my brain are fun to drive, gorgeous to look yeah. at, lots yeah. of power, back to Porsche the fun badge to drive on the hood. Thing. Oh, wait, what now? Sorry. Yeah. Mm. All, right. All right. That was a room full of rakes. And I walked into that <laughs> it, one. it really was. It really was. Yeah. What's in here? <laughs> Ow. Dang it. Uh, Porsche badges everywhere. <laughs> oh, look. A Porsche piece of clothing. Anyway, yeah. I, I have Porsche shoes. I know. 
I, I do know. have Porsche shoes. I know. Anyway. What, what makes me laugh is when we'll <laughs> shoot some other car that is nowhere near the Porsche uh, price point, and you will happen to bring your Porsche cap anyway. Just I feel like you have to kind of walk around and balance your world <laughs> a little bit. We're, you know, we're driving $25,000 cars, but Paul's wearing the Porsche hat just to you know, like, make him feel okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It happens. No, I, I guess uh, because these super high-strung turbocharged engines are already generally getting better fuel economy than even five years ago. True. Uh, oh, true, yeah. Uh, I mean, that that's that's a generalization because the Honda CRXs from the 90s got like 60 miles to the gallon. So I'm just... Yeah, if you got the HE or whatever it was. We're yeah, talking yeah. performance here. We're talking fun to drive and mm-hmm, lots mm-hmm. of power and all that kind of stuff, which is the reason everybody is going back to these. And so the 330E, yes, yes. Uh, I guess the fact that you're entertaining the Charger kind of makes me feel like you could be pushed off the cliff towards something more fun yeah. than, hey, this is really great gas mileage. Uh, yeah. And you can just say, well, to your bosses, just say, you know, I just wanted some fun and I've done the electric thing and, you know, back to the fun yeah. thing. So, um that's kind of where my choice is. We've, we've talked before mm-hmm. about how much are you concerned about the perception of where you work. Now, Pete has yeah. a genuine situation because his work is related to not involving the car versus just, okay, I have a car that's nicer than my boss, which is kind of the normal situation. This is a situation where he is actually kind of making a statement about his own job by the car he drives, which is a little difficult. But I agree. I mean, the fact that you're even considering the Charger suggests that there's a part of you that's just like, I don't really care what the MPG is. I just want a fun car. Right. So we can go a little bit crazy. I actually thought if you're going to look at the 330E, I think you should look at the at the base versions engine-wise of the Cadillac ATS and the Lexus IS. Sure. Those came to mind, but that's not where I landed. I have a car that I think is the answer for Pete, but keep going. All right, all right. Well, I started pretty high-end because I thought of this car. I like the dynamics. It's uh, It's... There's a perception about it, and that is the Mercedes CLA 45 AMG. The reason I selected this was because of the <laughs> 375 horsepower from an inline yes. four. Holy yes. guacamole. I mean, yeah, this thing is quick. We'll say that. But brand yeah. new, they're 45 grand. Used, you could yeah, probably find something for the 35,000 window maybe yeah maybe but something to go something to make you go hmm all right so i started there (laughs) (laughs) and then i moved to the m2 or the m235i we'll say just the two series from bmw you could go 228 you could go 235i somewhere in there yeah because it's sports sedan-y even though it's not a four-door but it's got the things (laughs) it's got the things that you're looking for from the fun practical is still there. Agreed. Decent Agreed. fuel mileage is still there. I mean, you don't, you don't have to, you know, 6,000 RPM all the way to work. You can back off a little bit if you want. <laughs> you can do 5,500 and you'll, you know, gain like a miles per gallon. I mean, yeah, go on. Keep your skateboard in the trunk, park an eighth of a mile from work, and then like, There's you know, the answer. Skateboard into yeah. work and, you know, the perception is like, wow, you're the best. You're saving gas. And anyway. <laughs> I am for that last half mile. <laughs> for the yeah, last exactly. half mile I was. So the car that I landed on was the Audi S3, six-speed manual Audi S3, because Mm. of Mm. the running gear that we love out of the R, and it's a bit more grown up. I like the dynamics of the car. I like that it's more of a car, and Mm -hmm. it goes back to the sports sedan thing that's intriguing you, but it's still going to get good fuel mileage, 
and it's turboed. It's just, it scoots. When you get on it, it just yeah, scoots. Yeah. And we enjoyed it, that. even though we drove it against the M235i. Mm-hmm. There were aspects about that car that you gravitate to from a, this is just a nice place to be, as we've talked Absolutely, about the yeah. R. But it's just that different perception. And I think I, I think Pete is the, the right buyer for somebody for something like this car, rather than mm. hot hatch and that perception. It's a little bit more grown up. It's a little bit, you know, I, I don't know. That's kind of where I went is, is the Audi S3. And uh, okay. got to go drive that. Well, it's a good size. Looks like you took you you kind of jumped. I agree. You jumped off the the Mark Seven GTI that he's been eyeing and went somewhere off of that inspiration. I did. Yeah, I did. I did as well. Because here's the thing: if you're worried about the the, the miles per gallon, that's generally a concern, and was a concern on your Focus ST. Then I started actually looking up the numbers to see where that falls, and and the GTI does really well among hot hatches. It does really really well. Uh, so you can get into the 30s. You're looking for. You know, a car that isn't too flashy for your work, mm-hmm. but yet yeah. you want to have fun driving it. This is a tough conundrum. So you're kind of talking about an undercover car that people don't realize it's as fun as it is. Right. And yet right. it still needs to look somewhat high class. I'm, I'm sniper shotting on a loaded brand new Mazda 3 because it isn't technically a hot hatch. It's not a Mazda speed. No, no. But yet if you if you get that loaded out in the in the low 30s, it's as nice as pretty much anything the Germans are offering at that same price point. It's it's got a great interior. The it's, dynamics are better yeah, than you think. Yeah. That sky active engine is pulling mid thirties miles per gallon. True. And true. You know, because it's not the you know it's not the the turbocharged within an inch of its life version. The miles per gallon are kind of as advertised. And mm-hmm. nobody's going to look at that car and be like, you bought a gas guzzler or you bought a weird flashy car. It's a Mazda 3. It's very classy, yet it is genuinely fun to drive. When, once I thought of that one, kind of jumping off of what, what, where does the, the Mark 7 GTI lead, lead me, I landed on the Mazda 3 and I just went, you know what? I'm stopping right there for Pete, Mazda 3. Hmm. You can get it sedan. You can get it hatch. And, and I will also say this to you, Pete. I know we've talked about that car a lot on the podcast, but I will say this to you. I know many people that have driven and even more that have owned that car not one of them hasn't liked it a lot. Yeah. Everyone has been like, this car's great. This car's really much more fun than I thought it would be. Man, the gas mileage is good. I have heard so many comments along these lines, which is one of the reasons we come back to it. I wouldn't call it fast, but it is zippy, and it does have personality. When you really get yeah. into it and start working it, it does kind yes. of come to life. It really does. Agreed. Agreed. You're not going to have that turbo punch, or even, let's be honest, you've had your 500E and that little, you know, that electric motor's got instant off-the-line punch. Right. You're not going to have as much. I agree right. with that, but you're going to get everything else you're talking about out of that car. And it's going to be invisible, which, is, which could work mm-hmm. to your favor. Um, I think in this case yeah. it does. I really do. Hmm. Hmm. Good one. And you're stopping there? That's, that's it? That's all we get? But once, I land, once I land on the Mazda 3, I didn't like any other idea as much. Did you initially, load like one I said, out? I thought, like brand new. I thought ATS. Loaded? I thought IS. I I haven't actually. I should, but uh, but I know. I mean, I know somebody that bought a year old one for twenty four that was loaded. It was one year old. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. you know, you've got all kinds of options. Your your budget here is high enough that you can really go pick yourself a Mazda three. Can you get a brand new one? Do you need to get one that's barely used? But you could get one loaded out. You would like that car. I once I landed there, I just stopped. Hmm. Um. Perusing the website now. Hmm. Okay, while you buy a Mazda 3 for our friend Pete, I'm going to move on to Chris in Atlanta who's writing to us. Another one of those, hey, not for me, help my help my friend here. In this case, we're helping his girlfriend 
who uh, actually, interesting side note on Chris, he mentions that he's been listening to the podcast for a while and we have helped him with his decision to order a Fiesta ST and it's coming to him in September. Congratulations, Chris. So one half of your life, yourself, you've solved that based on a car debate. So let's help your girlfriend out. So she is about to come into some money and she's got maybe as much as 50 grand to spend on a genuinely fun car. She used to have a Mini Cooper early on in her driving life. She liked it till it was totaled. Uh, not her fault, but it got hit, and uh, so that's a bummer. But she really liked that car. She doesn't want an American car, which is an interesting thing I'm not really sure about, and I'm going to ask you to, to try some things anyway. Uh, but we're talking <laughs> about a fun car because she has this Honda Fit, and it just runs, and it carries the dogs around, so that works. So the Honda Fit, based on your email here, you talk about the dogs will live in the Fit so or stay in the Fit when you move, need to move them around. Uh, so apparently it's not going anywhere, which frees us up even more for some fun here. So, uh, Chris, I don't know your girlfriend, but I, this is true. I categorize her in my mind and you can share this with her. Uh She might get a kick Uh out of this. I categorized her in terms of spice girls. (laughs) Oh oh, no. (laughs) You, you realize you just kind of walked up to the edge of a landmine field and just went, I'm going to try this out. How bad could this go? I'm and just I categorized my across the field to see what happens. <laughs> I categorized, categorized my choices for her based on which Spice Girl I think she is. I only chose three. All right, so stay with me. Oh, here. I'm, I'm, I'm actually, you, you've almost lost me already. But keep going. I'm just, I'm waiting for you to blow your leg off. That really is where this goes. This is such a minefield; it cannot end well. Keep well, going. Well, here we go. First of all, is she more of a uh, a posh spice? Is she sort of like, you know, more salons and you know shopping and that kind of thing, or is she Married sporty to David spice? Beckham. Yeah, I, I get it. Yeah, okay. Is go she on. you know ponytail through the ball cap and she'll go camping with you, or is she, you know does she keep her skateboard in the trunk and consider everything you do together a fierce <laughs> competition like scary crushing into the ground spice. Like which, which kind of? Girl I don't remember is she? that one. I don't remember that one. But well, keep going. Yeah, it was scary spice, but you know she didn't really crush you in the ground. Anyway, so I categorized my choices for you because you told us about the Evora, and these are unique choices. I, mm-hmm. I mean, Elise and Evora. Rarely do people say I'm considering both those low tie, and I might tune them. This is rare. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for the, say, you know, posh spice, you need some fun, but there still needs to be some luxury to it. <laughs> Landmines everywhere. I Keep think going. I'm doing okay. I'm, I'm dancing. You're, I'm, you're, you're, you're skating across. I'm, I'm, I'm sweating bullets over here, but you're, you're doing okay. You Keep going. So I'm, I'm thinking like the, uh, again, the, the uh, 2 Series from BMW. Those are fun mm-hmm. cars, but still quite nice inside. And that, that led me to an yeah. Audi TT, which is a car we've rarely recommended. And maybe mm-hmm. maybe it might appeal. A TT or a TTS could be interesting. Yeah. And yeah. I will I will shill for a Cayman S because of the balance Shocking. of luxury and sportiness and all yeah. that stuff. You can't that can't be argued. I do hear Hard you there. To deny. I do hear you there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's move to Sporty Spice. Let's go <laughs> <laughs> Let's go Civic SI. I I mean she has the Honda Fit, so I thought you know, maybe there's another product from Honda that she might like. The Civic Si okay. is is a car right. that is willingly tuned. Let's say that if you're going down the tuned route and you want to get something that you're going to autocross and track and 
and throw some money at from a tuning perspective, they're inexpensive mm-hmm, enough mm-hmm. where you can feel good about, yeah, we upgraded this and that, and you know, it still didn't cost us an arm and a leg, even though I might mm-hmm. blow my leg off in the landmine that I'm currently yeah, curating through. Yeah, it's going to cost you that in a minute. <laughs> Keep going. Uh, I just, I think the Elise and the Avora, I prove me wrong, but I doubt if she gets those, I doubt you really tune them. Maybe wheels, maybe a little thing here and yeah. there, but. It's less likely. I agree with that. I mean, you don't tune it like you do a Mitsubishi Evo or a Subaru WRX. You just Well, that's the thing is that Chris Chris mentions four cars here, all of which intrigue her, none of which she's driven. And did you notice there out of four cars, it's two pairs. It's the four cars that intrigue her, the Mitsubishi Evo and the Nissan GTR. Well, those are the same basic recipe. Same recipe, yeah. Done at different done at different categories. And then the other two are the Lotus Elise and the Avora. Again, those are the same recipe at each other, done in different categories. So the, it, those lead me in two very divergent places, but that's why you've got Spice Girls in the discussion, which I'm, I'm, I'm a little... I knew I'm, you'd be shocked part of me is a tree. Part of me is applauding you, and part of me is ducking for cover. <laughs> I'm just saying that, okay? All right, so finishing off with Sporty Spice, what about a Nissan 370 <laughs> Nismo? Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, you gotta that. you gotta give it up for that car because mm-hmm. does it uh, does it do everything in one category? Like wow, the you know it's like the Avora. It's just mind blowing with the handling prowess of this car. It's good, but then the power comes there. on and it's up there. Yeah, we keep getting in that car and being wowed by it on track and thinking, huh? We don't drive this car nearly enough. It's really really great. Yeah, it is good. And then finally, Scary Spice. You have <laughs> to consider an American car. And I'm going to tell you, Camaro SS, or even better, the new 1LE track package that is available for either the SS or the V6. I almost think the V6 is the sweet yeah. spot. But, I mean, that car has attitude. And I feel like it has yeah, a different yeah. attitude than a Mustang does, to be perfectly honest. It the, does. It does. It's yeah. hard to define, but the, yeah, just the, the way you roll in a Camaro SS or... Something hot Camaro is different than a Mustang. Yeah. Correct me if yeah, I'm wrong, it does listeners. Have a slightly, really, slightly different feel. I agree with you. Well, that's so I mean, th- come on. We're talking my... about Pepsi versus Coke here. You know, I mean, that's yeah. Those are my spice, spice Girls. And to wrap everything okay. up, by the way, Jerry Halliwell married Christian Horner, who is the team principal for the Formula Red Bull F1 team. Did you know that? I, so, I didn't. Christian I Horner. So that kind of made me think what kind of warm-up music they listen to in the paddock, but, you know, we'll, we'll not go there. Anyway. I, I, I am not. <laughs> I, am, I am running away from the minefield while putting on an extra flak jacket. That's what's happening to me right now. Uh, no, here, I wanted to follow the rabbit trail of the cars you brought up for a second. Uh, the Go drive an Evo. Go drive an Evo. You've got it on your I'm curious list. Go drive one because that's a car that's either going to speak to her right away or she's going to go, no, I'm sorry. Yeah, I, right, I think that right. is such a polarizing car. You really just need – you could almost drive that car around the block and no. And I, as much as I hate test drives like that, it's such a polarizing car. Go drive it. I'm sorry, but at fifty grand, you can't get a GTR. Well, let me put it another way. If you can get a GTR for <laughs> fifty grand, yeah. that's not the one you want. And then Run you away. have no idea the maintenance of that car. That's the frightening thing. You so and I, I just got I, into that discussion the other day about the maintenance cost, the ownership of a GTR. Uh-huh. Oh yeah, yeah. You might it's, be able to get a different into animal, one, but mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Well, and the, and the Evo is the same way. The Evo is like, I, I'm going to get it wrong, but the, the service intervals on that car are like every 4,000 uh, 4, miles. I mean, and that's not serious? just oil. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's fast. And the what? GTR is up there too. So, I mean, these are these are cars that buying them one th- is one thing, owning them is another, and the GTR already at 50 grand, good luck even finding one. I don't. I also don't think that's a car you want. So take that off the table, but go drive the Evo to just kind of instantly know. I bet your girlfriend will know almost the minute she closes the door, she'll know if she's okay with it or not because the doors are tin cans. And so the <laughs> yeah. dynamics are amazing, but the doors are tin cans. So does she want to, how far into let's go focus car does she want to go drive that the Elise and the Evora? Of course, I love these cars. I, I'm going to, I could go on and on. There's no point in me going on and on because they are great, but they are hardcore. They are. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, you know, if, if she's never had anything like that, the Elise, it may it, let me put it another way. Climb in an Elise, too. Don't even drive that one. Just climb in it. Because I'll guarantee you, you'll like driving it. I, I, yeah. I promise you, you'll like driving yeah. it. They're incredible to drive. But have her climb in an Elise and just think about that part of it. The actual process. There's a way to get into a Lotus. You can tell somebody if they get into a Lotus Elise if they've done it before or not. Instantly, you can tell because everybody does it wrong the first time. Uh, but just getting in that, closing the door, I think she'll already know, is this a car I'm intrigued by or not? If she then drives, if she likes it at that point and then drives it, she'll still like it. Mm-hmm. So those are, are those thoughts. But I want to say, kind of like you're saying, Paul, I don't know how much we really want this car to still be nice. And if we want it to be nice, I would say look at a 997 uh, Generation 911. So the 05 to 2012 911. Because on one level, it's a classy 911. It's an awesome car. But on another level, it's a great performance car. It is. And you can get them for this money. 50 grand, you can do it. You could do the Avora. It's a good alternative. When I think about a girl buying a car that's fun, I do think, why isn't there a convertible on the list? And that makes me think Boxster. True. Go drive a Boxster. True. Yeah. That needs to be on there. And then I had two others. And that is, look, I, depending on when you're buying and depending upon how much money we're really talking about, this might be possible. Go drive the GT350, the Mustang GT350. I know she said no American cars. I heard you. I'm still saying go drive that car. Uh, it's just got such personality and attitude. I Look, if you buy one right now, you probably can't get one for 50 k If you buy one in six months or a year, you probably can. So Probably can. Yeah, right now go, go you're going to be that. still paying a premium, I feel like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I saw a brand new one on the road today that was one of those. It was actually just like that one we drove from Justin. It was pretty much a base. I mean, base is relative, but a base GT350 with that uh, gray and the black stripes. And it wasn't over overly flashy. It was kind of the base one. So my guess is that car at this point is you know kind of coming down to somewhere in the neighborhood of MSRP. But go look at that. And then also kind of blending the is it nice, It is. It, it's also very sexy, it's also convertible. You'd get a Jaguar F-Type for this kind of money. F-Type. You could you could get a convertible. Now the the coupes Ooh. haven't come down that far yet, but fifty grand you could go find an F-Type, and used. that you're has no. used. Oh yeah, of course. Oh absolutely. Yeah, yeah. of course I am. Because new, uh, you're 50, be you can't you can't touch them new for fifty. Take your breath but, away. Well, but here's the thing: though, everything I'm talking about, I'm talking about with the exception of the GT350. All of these you can't touch unless they're used. I mean, the 911, the the Evora, the 350, the F-Type. All options, but they've got you've got to get them used. So yeah, but I, I think the F type needs to be in there because that's a great looking car. It's dynamically really good. You can get them for this money, hmm. and yeah, I think that's an option. I really do. So have your girlfriend go drive some things. I do think that the Evo and the Elise are cars you should try to find and get in because I think she'll know almost right away if she's if she's willing to do those. 
and the, and then and there's not much like them on the market, honestly. Yeah. But yeah. they are very polarizing cars. Well, we're going to move on to a new section of the show that's all about celebrity gossip. Just kidding. <laughs> yes. We are. <laughs> we are you your new us doing that. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I really, I really, really can't. But really you did. Can't. You break of the Spice Girls. We're going to do a Where Are They Now? No, we're not. Um, <laughs> no, we're not. Yeah, I was just yeah, using them really as a them. not metaphor. What's the right word here? Just no. Like, here's the thing. You're using them as, yeah, as yes. as an analogy to kind of analogy, get us there, yes. and, and and it worked. It worked. I'm still kind of taking cover, but uh, <laughs> you're, it did work. You're I still got wondering what we, hit you. <laughs> I'm just I'm just waiting for that to go terribly terribly wrong. Anyway, I, I um, was delicate. I I mean yeah okay. I, I Chris, get it. share that with her and of I'm sure course, I'm sure. Let us know. Chris has thinks. probably had her listen to this, and she's now so. either either told him these guys are awesome, we'll keep listening, or you can never listen to them again in my <laughs> right. presence. One of those two things has now happened. So uh, Chris, either you're welcome or I'm sorry, depending upon how that went. Exactly. Uh, we should do Facebook questions since we didn't get to them uh, due to podcast snafus last week. We actually just decided to not even ask for new ones and deal with some of your ones from last week. I wrote down four, but I'm curious which ones you grabbed. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, but I can be fast. I really can. Okay. I jumped it. in uh, for starting out things from Charlie James, asked which movie cars, besides yep. the Audi S8 in the Ronin film, would yep. we most like to hoon? And no, I don't think anybody's asked this, Charlie. And it is a good uh, one. I wrote it down, too. It's a great one. Hoon. Hoon, hoon, hoon. I come to the, um, I, I guess one car sticks in my mind. It's Dom's Challenger from the Fast and Furious movies. I just want to hmm. okay. hoon that thing. I want to just... Yeah, I see that. Yeah. Undo everything Prius owners worldwide are trying to do. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Uh, Charlie. Charlie's a great guy. We actually met him at the ring uh, last year, and he's... Uh, oh, that's he's right. We did. Thank you. for a while. Thank you. And uh, uh, he, right. he does plenty of his own hooning in his M3 that he hoons around the ring. Uh, and we were actually in the middle of a, of a day, and he was like, hey... He was going one way, we were going the other, and he was like, hey, if you guys were around more, I'd let you drive my M3. And, of course, I'm thinking... Uh, free car, the ring, let's do that. But it just didn't work out that time. But thanks for staying with us, Charlie. We are and, going uh, back, Charlie. We are coming. I love, so. I ah. love this question. And, and I actually thought of a few. And then I realized, no, 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 wait. There is one that beats all others for this. Because I started to think about cars like the S8 that are like real cars that were heroes in a movie. And then I started to think about movie cars. Cars okay. that exist because of movies. And I landed on my all-time favorite. I really, really want to drive the Tumblr. From the Batman movies. Oh, good one. I'm good not one. expecting it to be a Lotus Elise. I know what it is. It's a glorified tank. I get it. But come on. I want to drive the Tumblr and I want to drive it hard. I mean, if you watch the first scenes of that, we're actually skidding it around inside a garage. The fact that it'll do that, I just thought, okay, where, where, where's the site? Is there a line? Do I get in line for that? Because that's something I want to do. This is so funny because it's tapping into this sort of Ford Raptor part of you that it's either got to just be oh, it is. bulletproof and can drive through a building or it's got to be this <laughs> fly, the Lotus Elise. Yep. There's right. nothing right. in between. You're right. That, these are the things that intrigue me in cars. You're right. I either, I either <laughs> want to like, decimate entire city blocks <laughs> exactly. or, or hide from that, that, that uh, destruction. <laughs> I totally agree. M1 yep. Abrams tank. Or a caterum. <laughs> Nothing in between, baby. Well, you know. There you go. There, this, this is my taste in cars, apparently. <laughs> awesome. I mean, nobody can accuse you of, you know, not really knowing your niche, your categories. That's yeah. hilarious. I know what I like. This is true. So there you go, Charlie. I hope that's helpful. But, yeah, the Tumblr, how cool would that be to drive? That would be cool. Uh, the uh, 
our friend John May wrote in and said, would you guys recommend an S2000 as a good first car? If not, uh, what would you recommend? Uh, this is a much larger question, John, but I want to speak to the S2000 real quick. Look, it's a great car. It's really well balanced. It's incredibly fun to drive. Uh, you would learn stick shift well in that car, but I, I don't know that it's a good first car. Uh, I think... I think they're a little tail happy. If you're gonna if you're gonna be driving them and wanting to drive it hard and have it teach you things, I think it might be a little bit too prone to bite. I would say Miata over S2000. Look, the S2000, it's not a dangerous car. I'm not suggesting that. I'm not like you get in it and oh my gosh, it swipped, sw- swapped in. <laughs> it doesn't do that. It's not that. Right, right. But I just you have to wind it out every single gear. Uh, and it's not as forgiving as something like a Miata. If you were going to say to me I was going to buy a lightweight uh, teach-me-to-drive-stick convertible, I would say Miata over S2000. I, I like the Miata anyway. as either a first car or even a first track car. That car has great range. Um, S2000 you can't go wrong with, but I would say get yourself a different convertible first and work your way to it. I hear you. I hear you. I'm going to disagree ever so slightly and say because, okay. because the S2000 is a Honda... Therefore, you're going to get a lot yes. of miles out of it, good, reliable miles. True, true. Yeah. And I, yeah, I think yeah. in terms of motorcycle ownership and how I always used to have discussions when I worked for Kawasaki about the, the first bike you should get, get into. And people say, you know, get into a 650, but then as soon as you learn how to ride, you're going to want more power. Now, I, I feel like an S2000 is not so powerful that you're going to, you know, the car's going to want to kill you. It's no. it's going to teach you those good driving dynamics that you're you're talking about. Not teach you, but you're going to, going to experience them, and therefore your learning curve is going to respond to that rather than you know something else. That's I, I don't know. I'm kind of mixed, but I'm kind of leaning towards. I, I, maybe I see where you're not, going. Maybe not terrible. I mean, not it's not a performance car. It's not a GT GT350 or a you know Camaro yeah. or something like that where we say you know what. Let's start with less power and then move up from there. It's still decent. It's a reliable Honda. True. And the best part is they're so inexpensive. And therefore, I wonder what insurance will be for a new driver as a first car, even though Mm -hmm. it's a sports car. Mm -hmm. It probably will be a bit more. But they're old enough now that I think you can – they're almost kind of trying to fit into both worlds, best of both worlds. First yeah, car, I mean, inexpensive. You could do cheap to You run. could do so much worse, John. You could do you so I mean? much worse. I don't think it's a bad idea. I just I think the I think the Miata is a bit more benign as far as as a car to learn to dance with. If you follow what I'm saying, but I I get your point on the S2000. It's not it's not off the tape. I do I do see where you're going. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, uh, Noah uh, asks us about uh, our thoughts on the new Fiat 124 Spider. And uh, he is of the mindset that it blows away your FRS and the BRZ and the MX-5 Miata out of the water. I, uh, I do, from a styling perspective, I think it's, it wears its design better than the MX-5 does. I feel like the MX-5 is a hmm. bit fussy and it squints hmm. for me. But yeah. uh, as a roadster, I, I mean... We're open to driving it. We want to drive it. I've been seeing they're going to be releasing it at uh, the Pebble Beach 2016 Concorso, and they're going to be showing that off. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'd like to know really what the differences are. And and based on the market segment, are they going kind of up market? Are they going middle? Where are they positioning that car relative to the MX-5? 
and therefore that will inform you know how how it'll drive. I'm surprised at how close the pricing is. I mean, the pricing is depending on how you spec it, you can make those cars overlap in price, which is surprising to me. You know, it's the it's the 1.4 liter turbo engine, so it's that same engine out of the the Fiat 500, I believe. And uh, the Abarth version of that, and you know, the slightly different suspension tuning. I mean, mm-hmm. I hear you. I hear you, Noah. On paper, you're thinking, "Oh, this has got to kill it." I I never trust the specs. I never do. I want to get it side by side. And you know, the I, I would love to have a a one two four Fiat one two four with the Miata uh, Club, and I'd love to drive those back to back with mm-hmm. the FRS and have all three together. It'd be really interesting. Um, I I don't I don't agree with you on the styling. I while it's growing on me, I still prefer the way the Miata looks. And Do actually, you? the one I want to okay. drive is the new RF. That's that's a Miata that I'm really intrigued by. So we get a Club RF, a 124, and a, and a FRS. That would be a fascinating throwdown of a piece. I I don't know. I don't know about that engine and that car. I, it's going to be one of those I have to drive. I don't think it's an obvious takedown, though, by any means. No, no. Hmm. Interesting. So the ultimate uh, thought here is that we've just got to go drive it then. Yeah, exactly. Th- theory is not, not any fun for us. Uh, but uh, spec <laughs> no. sheets are, are flying around. They're flying back and forth uh, <laughs> over, the, over the field of landmines. Uh, Neil wrote to us and said, uh, what do you guys consider to be the best traditional automatic transmission you've driven? So not a dual clutch, best traditional auto. And I actually, the one jumped to mind, and that is the one you have in your Jeep, Paul, that ZF 8-speed. Good one. Yeah. Every every that. car that's in, it's great. It's just it's a great traditional automatic and every time I've driven that automatic and a lot of times it happens this way. I'll drive an automatic and I think that's a great automatic and then I find out oh yeah, it's the ZF. Of course it is. Right. That that happens to me a lot. That's a really really good one. That I I didn't even have a second place cuz I thought that one's just awesome. Uh traditional cuz I keep trying to weed out the uh the dual clutch in my head. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. That transmission in the uh, in the Charger is also good. It uh, mm-hmm. it puts the yeah, power down yeah. well. I don't know if in the in the in the Hellcat version because it because it's not the eight speed. Yeah, it's not the eight speed in that one, right? Yeah, not in the Hellcat. No, no, no. Right, right. Yeah. But whereas which, it's in the lower versions. It's that it's that same ZF in the lower versions that don't have the Hellcat motor. Right. Um, you're back to the ZF. You know what? Actually, the six speed in my wife's Cayenne. Is pretty good. It's Porsche's six-speed auto before they went dual clutch. That's right. That's a six-speed, isn't it? It's it's a pretty good automatic. I mean, I'm not in love with it, but I will say this. You know, before that, we had a GMC Acadia, and the six-speed in that, I never liked. I never, ever liked it. And yet, the one in the, the Cayenne that we have right now is really pretty good. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, all right, John Anthony is asking our top three favorite new cars for this year or next. And I mentioned this on the Smoking Tire podcast, and that is the Alfa Romeo Giulia Quadrifoglio. So that's their high mm-hmm. horsepower version of that car. I sat in this at the 2015 Frankfurt Motor Show and was pretty wowed by it. I'm pretty unwowed by my experience with FCA vehicles up to this point, but the car itself has wowed me. <laughs> Another jab. There it goes. <laughs> I had to slip that in there, but I. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is an intriguing car. It's it's up there. I mean, how long has it been since we've had a true manual transmission sports sedan? I mean, certainly a new one that's come out of nowhere. I agree with you. Where's this SS, car? Chevy SS, but I'm name very me another one. By it. Name me another one. 
Yeah. I I see your point. It, that, that's a, I mean, unless you're going to go the traditional suspect of uh, the three series. I mean, you're right. It's it's I not suppose, something you're going to just bump into. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, I agree with you. That is, that's a great one to put on the short list. I'm very intrigued by that car. One that is on my personal short list is that Mazda Miata RF. I'm really oh, yeah. intrigued by that yeah. because I I love I absolutely love the way it looks with the top up. It's that's the the Miata coupe cool. I've been hoping for. I and I have to say I'm the other reason I'm curious about it is because I am fearing that I won't fit. I'm just You I, think so? I'm so I'm so tight in the soft top version that I'm I'm suspecting I might be just too tight in the hard top, but I, that is my personal number one car I want to drive right now is that hmm. RF. Hmm. So this other car, I guess <laughs> you're going to laugh at me because okay. <laughs> I've looked at it as a Jeep replacement, ad- oh, admitting no. the Jaguar F-Pace. I want to know what that thing okay. can do, to be honest. Sure. And I sure. guess I look at it from a, it for a sure. personal standpoint of could this be a Jeep replacement? Is it robust enough to take some abuse mm-hmm. and be a – all winter, you know, put real winter tires on it and ski car and is it light off-roading? Is it is it going to do the things that I count on the Jeep to do? And sure. would it be better? Sure, sure. I, I admit to just being super intrigued by this thing, even though we're never really generally into SUVs and and uh, reviewing them, as you know. But yeah. Uh, yeah. that F-Pace, they're starting to show up a lot. I'm seeing a lot of them now. Clearly, they are on sale. And I'm intrigued by that car i really am it's, i'm also intrigued by the corvette grand sport yeah. and the camaro zl1 both of those i want to drive the new camaro zl1 and the grand sport uh, corvette uh knowing how much the very those two variations were of the last gen of both those cars i want to drive those cars absolutely yep i guess my last one john would be the one le the track pack on that new camaro i mean we want to mm, drive the camaro yeah, yeah in general but that track pack there's some promise to that, and I'm very mm-hmm. excited about that one. So hopefully that uh, that uh, fills your uh, fills your question, fulfills it. I have no doubt there are others, but I just I hadn't uh, earmarked that one, so I can't think of any others right now. We probably should wrap this up. Look at us; we're over an hour as always. Holy moly! Well, we did get a question. Uh, gosh, at the uh, when we announced our little technology snafu from Anthony. Oh yes. Was it Anthony? Mm-hmm. Oh no. Uh, Chauvin you tell asked, me, where are you going? Chauvin said, oh. so does this mean the next episode will be twice as long? <laughs> Welcome to intermission. We're, we're at yeah. hour one. We, Just kidding. We could, we could quickly talk another hour, but uh, yeah, yeah, we'll do that. We'll do that later this week with Sean from Laps Incorporated and get your questions answered on that track day because that's going to be – I've got questions about it. I'm really excited yeah, no about kidding. that day in Chicago. We have plane tickets. So as we've said before, we're either going to Chicago to have a nice piece of pizza and get back on the plane <laughs> or we're going to go track some cars. These are our options. Either exactly. way, we're going to be there. So there you go. Exactly. Well, watch Facebook when, when we post up for asking for your questions for Sean and uh, looking forward to having him on. In the meantime, thank you, guys. I am thrilled that you're here. We're thrilled. We're both thrilled to have you. And uh, it's just yeah. a lot of fun to what we feel like, you know, is a three-way conversation between our audience and you and I. It's a phone conversation. Yeah, anyway. absolutely. And and thank you guys for continuing to rate and share the podcast. That really is helping. We greatly appreciate it. We are reading, of course, all of those comments when you leave them, but it is keeping us uh, pretty much top five automotive podcasts, which is pretty amazing. Of course, you can find us Google Play, Stitcher, uh, 
iTunes, wherever you listen to podcasts. And we do have many, many videos coming up. Please be sharing those as well. We appreciate it. When we hit a 1,000 interval on any of our uh, social media, that is Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram, we're going to give away some stuff. So if you're that 1,000 rollover person, uh, expect to hear from us. And uh, I'm going to say it again. We're going to Germany, and we're doing a Chicago track day. We'd love to have you at either or both, so join us. Cool. Thanks, everybody. Cheers. Cheers.